Uh, hi. You're listening to the Climbing the Thorn podcast with Cabra and Ashton. Also a third guest today. It's always great to have guests, especially when they're so awesome. This one's from a band called Silent Night. They do power metal. They do lots of cool things in uh, the music world. Lots of stuff to contribute. Recent tours we're going to be talking about. Also, second time appearance on the Claim of Throne podcast. We're here today with a man named Stuart McGill, or Stu for short. How are you going? <laughs> good, mate. That's Jeez, good. what a build up. I actually get to see you guys this time too, not like the last one via Skype. So. Yeah, I was trying to remember because yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I wasn't sure if you'd been in here before. First how we time to the Cabot household. Wow, yeah. what episode number was, Stu? 12, I think. What? No, 36. Think? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 6, six, six. 12. 2015, yeah. yeah. And on the right side of the room is Ashley Large. Well, technically, drinking I'm on the, the Guinness. Left side. Oh, stage my left right. or my my left? Um, the stage left. You know that always laptop left. Me, hey? Yeah, I still. Oh wow, you're looking at the stage right. When they're like stage, stage right? No, no, stage standing <laughs> on the stage. On stage. Yeah, there Gav, you go. Stage. Gav helped me out with that. I've one already learned something today. Yeah, I only got that when I was like doing teching and stuff, and they go stage left, and you make that mess up once, <laughs> and someone yells at you, and. I'm basically saying stage drums. That's pretty easy to deal with, right? Stage middle. Stage left, right, <laughs> middle. Anyway, fuck, I should never have started talking. I'm the most boring guest nah, ever. No, you're fucking real I mean, good. I'm not even. You know when guest. I listen back to the, these episodes after you edit them and it's like I get to listen to a whole new podcast that I'd forgotten what we talk about, which is really cool, but I always prefer listening to you than hearing me because I'm, I don't know, I'm always a bit softer and like thinking about what I'm going to say. You're just like confident as all hell. Endlessly crapping on about stuff I haven't thought through. Nah. Takes me an hour to fucking make a point. <laughs> I hate listening to myself, eh? What do you think, Stu, is our biggest fan? Well, I have listened to every of the uh, podcasts from here. <laughs> yeah. I actually had to catch up today. I was, um, because I've been away, obviously, I've fallen behind. Yeah. And I had to frantically catch up on the latest um, happenings of you guys, plus <laughs> the Band Tools HQ. Uh. I haven't got done, I haven't caught up with your um, making music lately, unfortunately. Oh, it's pretty trash. I hear it keeps, yeah, every time I look at it, it keeps on going back to the start or something like yeah, that. Pretty <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm going to wait till the um, version 5.0 comes out, and then I'll catch up on making music. But <laughs> yeah. no, no, I do like you guys. That's why I'm here. I haven't turned off yet. So. Yeah, good. It's yeah. going to be hard because normally when we have guests on, we get them to promote to Stu, all our listeners. But you're here now, so you've got no Stuart to promote to. Well, you've got Razor Ray. That's true. He'll probably be listening and Smitty. Oliver Udall. Yeah, he might be there. Anyone else out there, if we haven't mentioned your name, you should tweet us or some shit, ctt underscore au. Let's talk about fucking awesome music stuff. Because, Can I start somewhere? Oh, please, please. Uh, you just said you had to catch up on podcasts. Yes. Oh, two-part question. Here one, of course, is why. <laughs> two, uh... I recently went over to Europa as well. Yes. And I had no trouble getting podcasts because I ensured that everywhere I went had Wi-Fi. Yeah. And a lot different when you're traveling with a lot of people. But yeah, I found every flight, I'd exhaust my podcast backlog. Um, and yeah, that was that's my tour tip number one. Tour tip number two is actually third part of the first question, <laughs> which right. is... Why couldn't you listen to podcasts? We used to just stacked up for time and schedule. Well, my, my tour tip number one is actually sleep on the plane, Ash. Don't just uh, exhaust yourself listening to shit. Yeah. No, we actually had no time, man. <laughs> um, I'm actually an expert at sleeping uh, in any location. Really? I am. And that I'm, is at the envy of everyone around me. I want to hear you go to sleep on this I could sleep right here on this couch. So man, if, you go, if you sleep live on the podcast, that'd be great. I could easily do it, man. <laughs> just to dim these lights a little. I could, you know what? <laughs> well, you've got my lifestyle. It's nonstop. Um, mm. yeah, the moment you sit. You're gone. So, so you didn't sleep on the plane this time. Is that what you're saying? No, I dominated. Oh, you, you did. Know, I actually, <laughs> quick story. 
Uh, it's I had to be real quick. I so quick. <laughs> on the way home, right? I knew I had to start work at. Uh, I was landing at five thirty on Monday night, and I had to start work at six thirty the next day. So I knew it was up Shite against the odds. Brickin. I was I was up against it. I slept from Dubai to Perth. Before I even took off, I was asleep. It was like <laughs> two in the morning. We took off, and I heard them say breakfast. <laughs> I opened my eyes, ate a delicious breakfast, went back to sleep, and then I heard them say lunch. Opened my eyes, ate my lunch. Went back to sleep again, then woke up and we landed. Yeah, not like ten and a half hours. That lucky, yeah. Yep. That's and like teleporting, basically. Well, Shut your eyes and you wake up in another country. There was a six-week-old baby next to me and an old lady next to that, mm. and they were hurting. You got headphones in, listening to tunes. No, man. Really, sleeping no. pills? No. Oh, pillows? What's your pillow so. setup? Uh, they gave it was Emirates. It was quite nice. They gave you a small square one for the smaller oh, yeah. your back, <laughs> and you know the little eye. Is that cover? what that's for? Yeah, that's why they're on the fucking ah. thing when you get there. It's already oh. there at the square of your back. I thought it was for the square oh. of your head. That's what I oh, thought too. No, you got the fucking flaps How do you know on the this? seat. The flaps never work for me. Don't Dude, you find yeah, being a tall person? Yeah, those flaps suck ass. No, because you're right for you, Cabin, mate. Do you want, I do you can't want reach quick, them. even reach them. <laughs> My other tip was when you check in, you say, hey, man, I'm actually really tall and I'm really... I'll like, try that it's one. It's going to be a long flight here. Every flight I got, I got bumped to the front of the aircraft. The fucking... The first Business. flight... No, no, no. Or, that, that's the top. Of, that was upstairs. Or, or the front of the like the front of the section. Gotcha. Like exit row. You see that wall there? My first flight was that was how far. Yeah, really? Was, yeah, like yeah, meters. Yeah. So I just. Do you snore? Well, I do terribly. Wow, that was really so they were hurting. Oh, I was crushing everyone because yeah. they couldn't sleep for a start. <laughs> you know, this is going on too long. Let's keep, keep going. Anyway, so anyway, to answer your question, do you do falsettos oh, in your sleep? I did not have time for a podcast. Sorry, what was that? Nothing else. Okay. Just taking the piss. <laughs> so, question number two. Yes, uh, you've already answered it. Why don't you listen to summoning while you're trying to sleep? Mm. I don't know what summoning is. Oh. I'm not. Please, oh, God, you're talking to the power metal guy here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, where did you fly to first? Dubai. And when? Where did you get off the plane after that? Hamburg. What did you go to Hamburg for? Tell the listeners. I went there to, well, my band had a a uh, tour in Germany. Mm. And uh, the first one we played was a festival, which was north of Hamburg. And that was kind of the closest city. So we sort of based around there and shimmed around from there. Sweet. How long had you known about this tour? How, did, how long did it take to plan, basically? Um, got the offer probably August last year. And then it happened in July this year. So oh, mama. When you say you got an offer, were you harassing people to try and no. get stuff or he just just came out of the blue one of the festival organizers also owns a cd store in germany and he sold a ton of our stuff what's the store helion records oh, records yes yeah, it's, it's a very traditional sort of heavy metal store in it's actually which you we talked about you know um and i think when our when our second album came out in 2015 he bought like 30 copies one month 30 copies the next month 30 copies the next month kept wow. on he was on selling them in Europe. I don't know what was going on, but he was getting them really cheaply from me because I was just giving them away pretty much. And um, postage was costing more than the CDs pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, but he goes, oh, this keeps up. You guys should come and do this festival. Like, and I go, oh, okay, cool. And then when that festival just passed, as you guys probably know, they tend to have the next lineup all ready to go for the yeah. following year. So I just dropped him an email and said, oh, you've mentioned this once before. And he goes, yeah, come on over. So wow. it didn't take much um, negotiating at all. Wicked. And yeah. so, and then from there, you obviously wanted to try and add a few other shows if you could. Definitely. And that's yep. what happened, I guess, throughout that process as well. Well, yeah, because the one we went to was a three-day weekender. Yeah. And then Varkin was on the following weekend. Does he tell you what day you're going to play? And like, do you have uh, to go the whole time? He, he kind of did. But then 
Well, I didn't ask for ages because I had so many questions. I didn't want to bombard the dude too much because I'm going, he's going to just get shitty. Like, yeah. there's no name band from Australia. He's going to get fucking right off. Um, <laughs> so when I started, like, I had to like group my questions in in email. I couldn't just like send him one question. I do like, so I batched them and then uh, <laughs> to a tip, hey, yeah, really? batch your emails. Yeah. Don't annoy promoters. Batch them. Yeah, it's not yeah. like a Facebook message where you can just ask questions. Like SMS question, Ash yeah. Large here, like you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that easy. Gee, uh, Ash, why is my fucking lead squealing? That's yeah. right. Um, so originally I think it was like the Thursday, which is like day one, and like yeah, uh, yeah. And we we're trying to like line up all these other countries. I had this grand plan of like mm. going from Switzerland to Paris to Belgium to. Netherlands to Germany. Kenya, yeah. Yeah, Kenya as well. Um, so I said, can you give us the Saturday? And he goes, yeah, okay, I can change that for you. Yeah, no worries. Ooh. And then we never end up getting any of those shows prior yeah. to that. Anyway. <laughs> they all fell through. So. so when as soon as, like, let's go back to when he offered you that yeah, festival. Yeah. Did you just like chuck that in a spreadsheet and then whack some random countries on either side of it next to the dates and try and fill in the gaps um, when well, you say all those country names? My geography's pretty shit. So I never really did that at school. So I sort of had to look at Europe for a while. So just like based on its location, not as, not like where you wanted to go the most or where um, you thought you could get a gig? Well, the first thing was the rule, the first rule was... Don't talk that, about Fight Club. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> should have said something funny. That was funny. It was good. I'm, oh, okay. I'm laughing at the inside. Um, no, the first funny, rule was that the festival had to be the first Germany show. I couldn't do another show in Germany because of the deal that they gave us. So... I had to take that into consideration. Okay, so, um, so I looked at the map and then I was like, I looked at where all our fans are because obviously I mail out our shit personally. To a tip number one. That's pretty good. We had some pretty hot fans down in Switzerland, down near Zurich. And like by that, I mean like one dude owns every single T-shirt we've ever put out. You know, they buy a lot of really? shit. Yeah, yeah. In Zurich? In, oh, the Amos Pogles like of Switzerland. 30 minutes away. Okay. Yeah, he, he's got everything. And there's a couple other guys there who are red hot as well. So I thought, okay, we'll try and treat them to a show. Yeah, one of the dudes even bought our old backdrop for like three hundred bucks when we crowdfunded a couple really? of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, huh. So we tried. So we found out they had a Wednesday night metal night. Um, what date was that? Two? That was like the third or twenty. No, no, no. The week prior, like the twenty fifth, oh. something. Did 25th. you play a gig on the? The third was Berlin. Okay, and you played in Zurich on. The... No, no, we never got there. Oh, you didn't. No, okay. see, so we got a booking there. Yep. On the Wednesday, there's Wednesday. How did you find out there was a medal night? I inquired with our fans. I said, they hey, just said. Yeah. I said, oh, we'd mm, love to man, come over. Real good. Oh, they're awesome dudes. Good hustling. I just, well, yeah, I, I, um, well, to give the background information, every night I put my son to bed, right? He's a baby. I sit with him. <laughs> I sit with him for this about is a lot 40, of background. I sit with him for, no, no, I sit with him for about 40 minutes, right? Just resting with him as he falls asleep. And then in that time, I got my phone in my hand because he's asleep. It doesn't really matter. And I'm Googling the shit out of things. Mm. And every day I made a point of emailing at least one person every day cool. for weeks on end. Love it. Mm. Like with a question or like a some sort of plan. And I was hitting up all my European Facebook mates, like record label guys, other guys, guys who love metal, just asking for help. And um, so I found out about the Zurich Metal Night through our fans. Mm -hmm. It was in this fucking tiny little basement that held like 50 people. Got a booking there only to find out that they have – a PA, but you must BYO microphones, leads, and everything. Mm. <laughs> so I thought, okay, now we have to find support acts, and mm. that's where that sort of fell apart because mm. no, no one could help How us. How hard out. is that to find bands, local oh, bands? So hard. I, I didn't plan that out in Europe. And I'm like Facebooking, I'm not even on Facebook, so you get held up at just the landing page. But I'd go there and then find the band broke up 10 years ago. 
and then you'd find another local band, uh, band defunct or whatever. Yeah. And it was just like, I don't know, whether how the fuck do you find bands in Europe or even in Australia? How it's the like, hell would you do it? Well, there was like a massive like database some guy put me onto, but it was like the oldest style website you've ever seen. So it was like, not, you couldn't even navigate mm. it. It was just so shit. Yeah. And like it just kept repeating itself. And like, there's no order to it. Um, so it was really hard to find because I was like, okay, we'll find a, like a city, find a venue and then try and find supports to fill it. So can't you just find Facebook groups like um, Zurich metal scene? Join a bunch. No, but, no cunts give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> but also right. speak, speak um, Swiss German. As yeah, well. that's the other Because that was thing. my big drama is that I didn't Not know what relevant search terms. You can't search in English, but I guess you could, you know, that's what I didn't do is use Google Translate and flip it. What about stuff like your, your song kicks and your bands in towns and stuff like, can you search by, you can search by the city, right? Like Zurich uh, Metal Gigs in Google and it'll come up at oh, the top of the thing. Pretty new to me, that sort of stuff. I think just when we talked about it the other month is when mm. I first got into it. But um, I sort of relied on our fans and, and just Facebook friends and, like I got a, a record label dude in um, France, in Paris, and he gave me a bunch of – basically everyone was like, mm. fuck it, we want to help. Here's mm. 10 names. Hit yeah. up every one of these blokes yeah. and see how you go. And like – but the problem was um, festival season, a lot of bands – so a lot of clubs wouldn't take small bands. Mm. Yeah. Um, and a lot of bands weren't playing because mm. like holiday season. All so would they get back to you and say we're not taking gig, yeah, some gigs did. at bookings some at the did, moment? Yeah, um, and like some, some promoters and bookings, like there's a lady in – um, Paris, who looked promising, but then she's like, "I don't do weekday shows. I'm sorry." So it's like, "Well, um, we're there for like one weekend, you know." <laughs> and yeah. the other one was um, for for Varkin. So, um, so tour tip number three: factor in the weekends when you're away on tour, yep. get more gigs. Definitely factor that. I actually speaking of bands in town because I was just looking to watch a gig over there. Yeah, and I couldn't find obviously any bands that were currently active, but also couldn't find any venues. It was fucking so hard. What city was that in, or just anywhere? Any city. Yeah. So I, I mean, I only went to a handful. But what's interesting about bands in town is that they gave me one result, and I saw a gig that I missed. Mm. So then the next town I was going to go to or city, I searched bands in town, Zurich, for example. Um, and at some point, Silent Night popped up. And that's yeah. when I went because uh, yes, I knew we right. weren't going to yeah, yeah. catch any of the shows. Yeah. But I didn't realize how bloody close we'd be. So I guess we must have been in Switzerland and it, mu it must have been that German. Uh, yeah, Berlin show, 25th, did you say? No, no, actually, no. I know what you're thinking of now. Sorry, there was two different Wednesday options for that Switzerland one. Yeah. It was going to be the second. You're right. Okay. Yeah, that's so what originally I, saw. I wanted to start at the I week. Saw. Yeah, right. originally Jesus I is a pig. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to start of the week earlier originally, but then they go. One of the things I said, we don't take bookings in July, <laughs> so so yeah. then it did, so then they took that second of August one. I thought, okay, we'll just see what we can do with it, and then they took the booking, and then they even sold tickets to it apparently. And really? I was like, then I pulled the pin on it like way ahead of time. I was yeah, like, yeah. you guys are not giving us any help. We're not bringing a fucking rack of fucking microphones and <laughs> XLR cables and shit. You know, you can't give us a backline <laughs> company or anything. Like, there's no backline or anything. It's like. Unless we can find our shit hot support to do it, mm. we just couldn't. So Yeah, because I saw that and I thought, yeah. shit, we're actually only missing you by like two days here. Well, we missed you in Berlin by a week or something, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Put a factor that in. But yeah, I found, man, I found it tough to just find a venue as a punter and I had all night and day to figure that out. And well, one thing I did notice, and I probably mentioned on the last podcast, is that just by when I did find a metal bar going in and, you know, guy behind the bars Australian chat to him you're like what the fuck are you doing here oh, I used to play in a band and they say oh I play in a band and then that's a new contact yeah so I might try and talk to that guy 
in the future for us. And same in um, another place just out of Switzerland we were in, you know, at the bar and there was two like not great looking women that looked the same who were the bartenders. <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, can I have, you know, another round? And she's like, what's in the glass? I'm like, well, nothing. That's why I need another one. <laughs> no, what are you drinking in there? Oh, it's a wine and a beer. Oh, okay. Pff, look pissed off. I'm like, what is this bitch? Problem? I've already bought two <laughs> rounds of her. Anyway, she comes back with the drinks and I go, here, card. And she goes, we don't accept card under 20 Swiss francs, which by the way is a lot of bloody money. Mm. pretty big, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I said, I've bought two rounds on the card. She's like, not from me. And then the dude next to me dressed in metal attire was like, it's a different person. Oh. And I'm like, oh God. Oops, You're that guy, Ash. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> that starts a conversation with that dude, you know, yeah. and he's amusing. Right. And stuff, he just looks so like an ignorant asshole. Hashtag networking. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that trick where you don't like. I'm not a networking guy, I guess, but just by talking to people, you know, having yarns to people yeah. and meeting people. So what sucks about it though is that you go all the way there to do band stuff. Too late by then, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, but maybe for next time. So if all else fails, to a tip number three, get me a beer cabber. Is uh, yeah, just talk to people when you are in yeah scenarios, I guess. So did you meet any crew over there that was? Cool. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Actually, there's heaps of legends on the trip. So, like, we were like remarking constantly, like, the next day, what the f Um, but just how many, like, absolute legends we met along the way. What are you guys shaking on beers as you go or something? Jesus. That's Guinness for you, mate. Oh, see, I'm just yeah. so new to this Guinness thing. Um, yeah, no, there was heaps of legends in there, but, um, there's li limited knobheads. It wasn't too bad. Sounds like you guys are pissing here. I oh, know. Mine would go for a lot longer. So, okay, yes. I'm gonna. I'm going to cut the shit. Focus up cut here, the mate. crap. How many shows did you end up actually managing to book slash Four. Play? Four. Okay, that's pretty good because I thought at one stage you were like... It was one. Yeah, yeah. One was the... Well, the festival was like guaranteed. Yeah. And anything more than that was a bonus. Like, I was hell grateful yeah. just to be there. We had a fucking Varkin the next weekend. Yeah. And I was like, hell yeah. An like, excuse to go to Europe and oh, go to metal festivals. Well, eh? You know, mm. who wouldn't do it? Like, But like, obviously... You want to make the most of it. Like I didn't want to just sit around fucking Hamburg for five days, you know, pulling my dick or something. Like, like go down the Reaper Barn or something like this. You can't do that so much. So. And you can get it done in ten minutes. But <laughs> yeah, ten seconds. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, I mean, Cabber a while ago, we had that successful breakaway smash hit of a US tour, and then he goes next step Europe. I'm going to book it, and then it was just like I fucking don't even know. It was a whole different ball game, eh? Yeah. And um, because. Yeah, I could have said this before, but in America it was just like every state had its own Facebook group for a metal scene. So whatever state we're in, it's New York metal and there would be a page and then you could just look at all the tour posters, see what bands are playing heaps, hit them up and it was like pretty easy and most places would reply to you. Um, and I mean, it was like heaps and heaps of work, like Stu's saying, every single night you're emailing someone. But the fact we got whatever it was, eight or nine shows after like a year's work of emailing people every day, it's still pretty good. But then trying to do it for, for Europe, just like no replies pretty much at all. Well, I think mm. it's because they're so spoiled there, man. Like especially yeah, I mean, for like a venue to be able to close for the entire month of July just because it's festival season. Well, I think maybe that's that was just their Wednesday. Shit. That might have just been their Wednesday night nah. thing. I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> but also, you're dealing with a language barrier as well. That's true, yeah. Um, Like we had this show in Berlin where we were lucky to get a dude got recommended from a dude who, from a dude on my Facebook. He goes, try this bloke in Berlin. And he was a fucking legend. Like, like he sorted the show for us. But they, even that was hard because he was going to this guy uh, and like, and then he's like, man. yeah, he was like a middleman basically. But at one point he's like, fuck this, just email the venue yourself. And I did. 
and the guy had like zero English. Mm. And he, he knocked me back for the show. That's what I got out of it. And then he goes, and then old mate goes, all right, fucking, I'll sort this out for you. Mm. And he did, and he was a fucking legend. So he got that done. Oh, I, I, was this Blackland? Mate, I gotta tell you about Blackland rock and metal bar. Please go. Oh fuck. So, <laughs> fucking hell. Please. I shit myself there, man. Not literally. literally but, uh, not literally. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, <spirit>. <laughs> rocking, so we got we had like a five o'clock load in or something like that. Yeah. So we go through the, the in the car park with the, the staff park. There's two fucking Harley Davidson choppers or something in the in the thing. Like, oh yeah, these are pretty sick. And they're in like the manager's owner's spots. Walk in there through the back door. There's like these fucking one percenter chapter fucking posters all through the hallway, oh. and then the owner comes out, the toughest guy. You've, like he didn't speak English. This is the guy who emailed me, and he's like the big burly biker. <laughs> he's just taking a look at me, like grunting. I'm going, and then his co-managers rocked in as well. And I'm like, oh my god! And I walked into the bar. It's like somewhere where Zach Wild would hang out or something. It's like there's a motorbike hanging from the ceiling, and like it was like pretty wild looking. Had place. it done something wrong? Or well, I'm thinking like going like, are we are we going to get bashed by like bikers in like for if we don't play good enough? Or like, yeah, what's yeah. going to happen? Like, what have we got ourselves in? What have I got to run into here? And then like the support act was like a bit flaky. Like they didn't they agreed to the show. And I said this is like a month prior. I was like, sweet, send me your logo and all that. We we'll added to the poster. Never heard back from him again. Mm-hmm. So I was like saying to middleman, mm. I was like going, dude, I don't know if they're going to come or not. So he goes, oh, fuck them. Don't worry. I don't like that band anyway sort of thing or something along those lines. And so when we rock up, that band's there. He's like, because we've rented a back line for the night and Green just set up the kit how he likes it. But this opening act has like a midget for a drummer. And this guy's going apeshit because we didn't tell him about the, like he didn't bring his drum kit. So we haven't supplied a good enough kit for him. And then I, and we were like, we didn't even know you were coming. So like, but I was like stuck in this conversation with these guys going ballistic in German to the owner who's looking at me like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> then like, oh, luckily man. the sound guy was like a fucking boss and he was like looking at me like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. I was, going, I was like, like, who's the promoter? And they're like pointing at me going, that guy there. Like, And these guys weren't sure whether they were going to play or not. And like, I was like, fuck this. I was like, you guys deal with it. And I went inside and the sound guy's like, don't worry about it, man. Like, we got this. And he's like, they come and go, um, they're not going to play. Okay, but just tell them to fuck off then. And they left. Like, <laughs> yeah. I said, just, just fuck off then. Like, you're not going to like, you didn't reply to me at all. Like, Granger's needs the kit how he needs it. It's our show. Like, if you're not going to bring your drum kit, fuck off. So he, they went home crying. Wow. But we had this other band who brought like 50 people to the show. Mm. And they were awesome dudes. And they so we just started later. They started later and it was What sick. was the good band? Uh Logos Diary. Cool. They were like hell I don't know, like you'd like him actually. I was hook if you ever went there, I would recommend you play with them. Yeah, right. It was one of the dudes' they birthdays. They bring about fifty people. So it was a well, successful had, show after we all. We had that. like forty eight payers. It was one of the dudes' birthdays in the band. So that was but they bought all their fans. Right. And um and in turn we got to play to, to their fans. And we had some of our we had some guys from Headbangers Open Air come and, and watch us there as well who lived in Berlin and a few other guys had seen us on Facebook and stuff, but the support act actually brought the bulk of our of our crowd. And so did you see the scary bikies throughout the night? Well, there was no scary bikies. That's the thing. At the end of the night, the at the end of the night, one of those scary bikies brought us, he, go, he comes out to the van as we're about to leave. I thought, oh, fuck, here we go. Um, what's he going? Because he's like waving us down. He was like, how many of you are there? I'm like, oh, there's six of us. He goes, wait here. And he comes back with six Jack Daniels hats. Oh, and he's like oh, slinging us all these hats. Because cool. like, hell yeah, man. Because like, yeah. Part of that was we had to like pay the like venue rental like a month ahead and like I'm like out of pocket all the, like hundreds of dollars. I'm like going shit. This this show has to work because it's cost me like a fortune and we've driven all the way here for it. 
Wow. But actually, it was actually one of the fucking best shows I've ever played as well. So, <laughs> so yeah, it was mm, good. Got a major story out of it. It was. That's crazy because uh, uh, I've seen that. Well, not that I look at German tour posters or anything, but I have seen it when I'm looking at where other bands are playing. And when they go to Berlin, that seems to be the go-to place, which is crazy because I wonder how people are booking it. Well, I don't like, know. If you but, had that much trouble. Well, the know? dude who who helped us do it, he is like a booking agent. Like, he deals with heaps of bands and his English is like awesome and stuff. So he was like straight into it. Like he reckons he books it all the time. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but the venue is only as small as that, like 100, 150 people with cap. Mm. So, That's better though when you have, you know, 50 oh, turnout, you know, I was a happy huge place. No, and the, the actual place itself, like the sound dude was awesome and just everything. There's like an awesome vibe. Just the initial shock of like, like these two guys who look like I ripped my legs off <laughs> and beat me up with them or something. And then like all the dramas with the other act and all I think like, oh, but then once we got over that, I found some kebabs. We're all, <laughs> yeah, And then we all went home with Jack Daniels hats. So that was good. The kebabs there are the open ones, eh? not the rolled up ones. Yeah, they get the bread and they just rip it open. And yeah. I asked for a jumbo the very first time I got one. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> yes. Turkish pizza is the way though. Yeah, right. That's a kebab. Wow. Turkish pizza oh, right. is kebab. Well, yeah, but we expect like a rolled I always up kebab. I always wonder here. that, yeah. Yeah, if you get a Turkish pizza, they basically make a pizza on like a burrito base or something and roll it up. Mm. So you eat it like a kebab in Perth. Okay. But oh, if you ask oh. for a kebab, they get a bread roll, rip it in half and stuff it full of shit. And you can't eat it. Yeah, okay, that's weird. You know what the best part about uh, Germany is? Uh, Absolutely. No, no, <laughs> the, the best part about it, you could you capitalize on the 19 cent puddings? What? No. Go to any supermarket, puddings are 19 cents. What pudding? Like What's just like pudding? a yogurt style pudding, like oh, any right. custody sort of pudding. Me and Granger were like ripping the lids off of these and just. I'm just too busy buying like 15 euro massive bottles of Jagermeister. Well, that was yeah, pretty good too. too. Like the, <laughs> yeah, but like off. every morning, Granger and I were like grabbing these puddings and just like what we call shotgunning them on the way home. Sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Pudding, eh? Dude, even the even the Hamburg Airport has a fucking supermarket built in, and mm. I was like getting my last fix of t- cheap puddings before I left. <laughs> and I was going straight for the beers, and in Germany anyway, yeah. Because in the supermarket you can buy beer, whereas in other countries they have a cap on the amount of alcohol in the beer. So like you'll find mid-strength Guinnesses in Sweden, all right, stuff like that. And you you've got to go to a bottle for mm. that stuff. So yeah, Germany was pretty cool actually, and I found Germany was pretty cheap, so. Yeah, I would say it's an interesting and good tourist destination. Well, I reckon these days, can you Google Translate your shit and send it to someone via email in English and underneath just translated? I see why not. One of our for the best. One of our crew dudes was like, um, "What's that fucking thing called Tinder?" He oh, was yeah. like, he was like, set his location to wherever we were <laughs> on that night. Uh, no, he's not in the band. Just one of our, our boys. <laughs> he came along with us, and um, he's there like typing what he wanted to say to a girl in Google Translate, and then translating it to German, and then sending that to her. Then what she would reply, he then cut and paste that, and he was trying to pick up that way. He failed miserably. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, yeah. but um, yeah. So he, he it, I guess people do. That's what it's there for. Yeah. I suppose makes sense. Good to a tip. Yeah, um, yeah. Change your Tinder location. <laughs> so how was it actually getting? Oh. Okay, so you said you had gone to a lot of countries, right? Did yes. you end up booking, despite not having gigs in those countries, did you end up booking time in those countries just to check them out and stuff? Nah, we like left our flights to like the very last, like maybe like two months out or something. Yeah. And I basically just set a date. I said like by this date, whatever that was, I can't remember, saying to the boys like, if we haven't got anything sorted by this date, we'll just aim for Hamburg and we'll just make the most of what's there. Mm. Like um, two of our boys like are still there now. Sort of really? Thing. 
Yeah, yeah, went a week earlier. And uh, actually, I think one of them just came back the other day, okay. but there's another dude there still. So they've done all their traveling around anyway. For me, I didn't want to be away more than two weeks, sort of thing. So, so where'd you go? Well, I was just in Germany. Oh, that's it. Yeah, not landed, that's it, but you know, landed in Hamburg. Okay, cool. Didn't like because two of the shows we had went to were like three days long each. Yeah, like that's six days out of your fourteen already. Yeah. A couple of days for flying. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, fair enough. We only had like two or three days off the whole time we we're there. I think because my other tour tip number why is um we chose cheaper flights, right? Yeah. Uh, only wanted to go to Scandinavia, but chose a flight that went into Germany and out of uh, Switzerland. Right. To save 600 bucks. That's pretty good. All up. That's sorry for two tickets. So 300 bucks a person, right? So it seemed worthwhile. But the fact is we wanted to go to Scandinavia and then the internal flying ended up costing us much more than 600 bucks combined. All right. You know? And I would say like for a band, you may have been financially lucky that you didn't get shows in other countries at that last minute thing because part of the expense was booking... Um, what is it? Check-in baggage? Oh, don't even go there. Oh. Yeah, so we had on our flight, of course, overseas, we had check-in baggage, right? And then it was like a month or two later that we booked our internal flights. I'm like, shit, these things are expensive. And then as I'm confirming, and this is one at a time, it's like pay an extra 50 euro if you want check-in. I'm like, fuck, are we cool to just like not have any check-in the whole tour? Yeah. Which worked out for us, but being on tour. I'd be is, screwed. Yeah. And it did lead me to think of another tour tip because I saw in Scandinavia, guy put his he stowed his guitar in a soft case overhead. Good luck with that. Yeah, well, I think that they're pretty good with it in definitely in Sweden, but maybe in Scandinavian countries where they encourage musos and stuff. And if you call ahead, you might even be able to do it in the states some places. Anyway, but it got me thinking like, if it was half the size, if you had a bolt-on guitar. And you didn't have like a floating bridge. You just had a fixed bridge bolt on guitar. You could probably just pull it apart, put in the soft case and people would be none the wiser. And, you know, most people put on new strings and stuff before every certain number of shows. So, you know, if you're only going on a flight once a week, you're going to change your strings anyway. Maybe you could just pull it apart. I think the hardest thing is um, merchandise in other countries. Yep. See, I've tried to be really clever and, well, we had a new CD come out and, you know, how you have to do 500 copies to make a um, press CD. And our other CD that we had, only got like 10 copies left, so I'm like, we have to repress that. So I'm like, well, I need a 1,000 CDs. So I decided to do a double album just for the first round because I'm either carrying 500 CDs or I'm carrying 1,000. I know what I'd rather do. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, found a T-shirt printer, which was like, Dirt cheap compared to Australia. So I like got like 200 shirts done, three different designs. It was like cheaper than buying 100 shirts of one design in Australia. So it was about 100 kilos of the shit. And mm. I'm like going, ah, four shows, yeah, 50 units a show. <laughs> yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll be right. I wanted to bring a, I wanted to bring a few back sort of thing. Um, I think my bags on the way over there were like 29.5 kilos and you're allowed 30. That's like guitar and suitcase and had a backpack as well. <laughs> And didn't really think too much about it. Then on the way home, like, because unfortunately I worked for like a freight forwarding company here. And then I went to the Hamburg office for my company. Like the couple of days before I left, I said, look, here's three cartons, which weighed 70 kilos. I said, ship that back to Perth for me. That's like 600 bucks or something crazy. That's like staff rate. It was crazy. But I'm still ahead. Oh. As long as customs don't sting us too hard or at all, hopefully. 
Um, mm. So, yeah. But I had like for the last show, because I didn't expect much of that last, it was a Thursday night, I think, oh, 50 will probably be. I took like 25 CDs and maybe 10 shirts. And those items that were left tipped my bag over by two kilos, mm. costing me 135 euros to get home. Yeah. yeah. For two kilos of, so that's about 200 bucks for two kilos. And obviously, your guys' couple are still there. So you were having separate flights, right? Oh, yeah. I flew home by myself. So, yeah. Yeah. We tried to be clever and um, like, for Varkin, we obviously weren't going to take all our gear with us, like a guitars and shit. So we went to, we found out through um, Facebook friends that if you go to Hamburg Airport, they have like a massive luggage room and you can have like up to a surfboard size bit of gear. So it was like 20 euros a piece a day or something like that. I don't know, maybe less than that. But um, so before going to Varkin, we went back to the airport, dropped our hire van off, and then we went into this room, dropped all that shit off. And then just went back whenever we were like leaving, went and got our gear from there. So, but yeah, so I had to just, just stash the last few bits in my bag. And then, cause I left before anyone else, I didn't even think about it until I got to the front of the line and the bird's like, no, 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 you can't do this. So I'm there like mm. unzipping my bag and like there's a massive queue of people behind me. I'm like, fuck this. I said, oh, what's the problem? Like, cause I tried to like put more in my hand luggage, but she weighed my hand luggage. Yeah, oh, that's so went from seven to 10. So I was like going, what's the problem? It's under 30. She's like, no, no, no. It's two kilos over with your hand luggage. So I'm there like, and she's like, sir, you cannot do that here. I'm like, fuck off. Like, I've just got shit everywhere. Like, in the end, I had to like jettison my my towel, a couple of other things. Oh, I, I brought uh, a, I brought a pillow from home. Uh, like, big it was mistake. like, oh, it was awesome the whole way, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, fuck you, yeah, I'm gonna take this camping. It's gonna be the best. Everyone else will be bitching, and I'm gonna be so comfortable. And have it on the plane, and then they got all the way. To, I left it almost in one city, and had to like almost go back and get it. <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, but the thing is, I. I sort of took one of my wife's fancy fucking expensive pillowcases. So I was like, I can't leave that behind. So I had to go back and get it. And then like it got all the way to the check-in gate and I had to abandon it. Oh, Sad. It hurts. Indeed. After it's gone so far. It went so far. <laughs> Epic journey. My other tour tip with pillows, because I the first tour I ever went on, I think the first two, I took bloody pillow with me because I hate motel pillows or whatever. And I actually usually end up just using towels in there because I like a bit of a th- firmer nice. pillow or whatever. Tour tip. Tour tip indeed. Or like um, merch or something like that. Anyway, I thought what a cool idea it might be to try out, buy a piece of foam from Clark Rubber. No endorsement there. <laughs> and uh, one that's not going to kill you to breathe in. And if you can get it like just like a tiny square size, just enough for whatever you need. If you roll over in the night, it's going to piss you off, but... Yeah, most people when they fall asleep they stay rather still. You might be able to like roll that up super tight, or even stick it in your hand luggage You've or something this like thought, that, haven't you? Oh yeah, because I <laughs> fucking hate pillows everywhere, and in Europe they're all super thin. So I was dying every night, just pillow failure. I'm a side sleeper, you see. Well, see, I didn't have that problem. I was great. I was Weird. comfortable all the way until the very last day when I had to jettison yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, we we just pack as minimal as possible. So I've never ever checked a bag with clothes in it. Yeah. Before it's drum gear, and then my remaining space is taken up with either merch or someone else's gear. So we because we always try and fly together. Well, that's the smart thing. We yeah. scatter yeah our merch through each other's bags. Well, see, I yeah. had my suitcase, but I took a pedal train and a guitar as well. Mm. So I had to put my pedal train inside the. Suitcase. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Um, which then took up half the suitcase anyway. And then um obviously I had like a week's worth of clothes. I washed clothes while I was there, sort of thing, but mm-hmm. just I took it to the max and I just just took it too far in the end. So luckily <laughs> yeah. we got some awesome dudes who like 
as soon as I got back, I like chucked the t-shirts and CDs that I did, did have left over at our band store and they lasted like five minutes. So at least that made back the money I spent to get them there. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know? Maybe um, tell us about this festival a bit that you played. Headbangers Open Air? Yeah, man. So, um, yeah, it's like three days or whatever and you rocked up and pretty much went to the festival as a punter but then played a set. Pretty much. goes from Thursday like four o'clock maybe until... Saturday night. Yeah, anywhere you're on like afternoon sort of thing? Uh, yeah, you were on like third on the Saturday. It was about two o'clock. I think we played five past two maybe. So Guess people if... camp there. You, like you were yeah, mentioning yeah. before, like tell us about this house where it's held. Oh, it's it was basically crazy. like, there's this, if you know Hamburg, it's about an hour north of there and it's basically just in the sticks. And anyone who I spoke to, I tr- like in Hamburg or whatever, they're like, what are you doing here? Blah, blah, blah. Because obviously we stand out like fucking anything with these accents. Um, oh yeah, the festival's in this suburb or this town called it was like Brander Hornerkirchen or something like that. I had it down back then. I knew what it was exactly. And they look at you with this blank look. I was like, what, you don't know like all your little towns? I'm like, like no one knew it unless you were actually a metal fan and you knew of this festival. There's, it held like 2,100 tickets sold every year. And But basically this dude's got a, a fucking massive paddock and the stage is like in his backyard and then invites us, everyone over. He's got two different festivals there and he like rents the paddock over the road for people to park in and you can just camp there. It's, but the, yeah, the food there was awesome. The treatment was really awesome. So is it actually a stage or you're playing yeah. on the ground in the no, patio? No, no, it's a legit stage, man. It's it's um you know, probably shoulder height or um what's that ringing again, eh, mate? Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, yeah. So you can well they had like the proper like photo area at the front, like with the railing and I don't know. Could, they had a full backline set up there. Yeah, right. Undercover area for some people. Like pissed rain there. Like it's summer, but it buckets down. So it's one stage there, right? Not, one stage. not two stages. Yeah, cool. Yeah. But it's good. Like I think um, yeah, everyone got like at least 55-minute sets or 50-minute plus or something. Yeah. Headliners got like maybe an hour and a half or something. Yeah. Like three headliners over the three nights. Big bands too. Like legit bands. Do they have bars in that or is it all yeah, like BIY? No, no, no. They've got a full bar. Full set it up properly like a festival. Yeah, obviously. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah, it's just a smaller scale. Um, yep. Yeah, there's like one big bar behind like in the... There's like the infield like what Varkin would have, but it's yep. obviously smaller. Do they have people walking around to, uh, to fill up your beers while you're watching the band? I didn't there's, see that. Those beer packs? I think they have them at Wacken. Didn't see that, no. Nah, but um, they had their own little uh, plastic festival cups. Yeah, cool. Which I scabbed a few for yeah. myself. We've got a pretty good collection of this on this trip actually. So yeah, the old... How good is the recycling over there, man? Like, yeah. oh, I return it and get a save a euro or whatever. No, every well, you give them the euro up front, I think, and then just give you a new, yeah, new cup yeah. every time. That's cool, I like it. Rather than man, you see some people in the mornings like walking back to the bar with like fifty cups that the they've collected. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah. snake. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Oh, really? So, what about how do you set go? Awesome. Oh, yeah. we had some. Uh, as always with the big show, you always have that moment just beforehand where you realize you're fucking playing with fire. We've got our iPods on a backing track, and um. Yep. Cam charged the iPod the night before, but it didn't charge. Shit. And he didn't have a cable with him. So tip number one. And it's an old school iPod too. So like, you know, not the new lightning cable thing. So we've got about 10 minutes before we go on. He's realized that he hasn't seen um, Dan, the backup. He hasn't backed up by giving Dan a copy as well. So he's like, fuck. We're like, this battery is like in the red. And we've got an hour and 10 minutes. Like once we sound check and play, it has to last. And like, that's got the backing track, the click on it. And like, if it failed, we'd carry on. But in the interest of the best show we could, you'd hope that it would last. So like we're like we're all like got our runners like running around frantically trying to find an old school iPod cable which doesn't exist. And like I've like got one back at the hotel in like a multi charger. I just had there. I'm like, well, if I brought that, that would have been handy. But no, but no, we ended up going through and that that it didn't let us down, which was really good. And we played like 
exactly on time and, and everyone was happy. So, what are the changeovers like there? Like half an hour or 20? Oh, we had 20. Yep. And the bigger bands, like some bands, like big bands, the brother and backlines and shit. Like, there's a few big bands that are like rolled in with their own like nightliner buses and massive fucking. Really? Yeah, what bands were these? Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. They had the bus park there. On the, um, even Bullet. Do you know Bullet? It's like a Swedish version of ACDC. Oh, okay. As, um, as I think it was, um, Bill from Bastardizer told me it's the band that Airborne wishes that they were. <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah. I the, thought they just wished they were ACDC. Well, no, I think it goes in scale. Like, uh, yeah, so, the, yeah, they wish they were Bullet and Bullet wishes they were ACDC. Gotcha. Right? But this is like, Bullet was like one of the most popular bands there. Like, everyone had a Bullet t shirt on. Like, mm. I'm like, we'll just listen to ACDC guys. But they were pretty good, I guess. Hey, but they, they played immediately after us. So, like, you've got to finish on time. Like, yeah, no wow. stress. We've timed our set. No worries. And then they pulled the whole stage down, put up a whole new backline that they brought in their tour van because they were doing the rounds at the time. Mm. And they had their little pyro bomb smoke machines and all sorts of shit they brought out. Um, so they think they might have had an extra 10 minutes of set up, but they had a full drum kit go up there and different. How camp. long? 30 minutes changeover? Or we, something? we had 20 because we used their backline. Yeah. But I guess the bigger bands who brought their own shit. Um, I, I think the headliners maybe had 40 minutes as changeover. So they technically use, let's say, 10 minutes of your. Sound check. <laughs> oh, sound check of your changeover because they would have at least got their gear on stage for that, like the drums. This is bullet. Use bullets back. No, no, no. We use we use the supply backline. Oh, okay. And then so as soon as we finish, they stick. pack down that stage. Get out of here. They, there's like they just chucked it in the back and then brought in like all their own backline that they had. <laughs> and it like and put up pyros in how long? You reckon? Thirty max. But the band that Did played they have before a us. Crew? Yeah, they had crew. Okay. They had, but the band that played right before us was called Attic. They're like King Diamond sort of band from Sweden. You guys would love them. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. But I, I wasn't watching them because I was getting ready, but I could hear them. And I had no idea what their stage looked like. But we're like, got to get set up on time, boys, like to our guys. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, no worries. And we've run out on stage to grab all that, sh- grab their shit and like put ours up there. They got like fucking candelabras burning. <laughs> they got these wooden stair rails, like a full like old school mansion sort of set up on stage it's like wow. what the fuck is all this stuff so they're like get your props off stage guys come on it's like they got all these like dead yeah, big black candles on there burning and like all this crap like it was like their own what fancy the microphone stand so we like just and we're just like martial amps and yeah. a couple of microphones good you take go. a banner nah they didn't didn't really no one had a banner there yeah. um no is that maybe why they had so much on stage shit paraphernalia because oh, they don't have to liven up the set, maybe. I guess yeah, it's just, right. just their, they had like the full face paint. And, but I mean, do, like, do a lot of bands do that? Or is it that scene that maybe does that? I think it's just they just what they were. I don't know okay. much about that sort of music, like that what particular sort of extreme, like what, what I don't know what you'd call it. But they sounded just like what King Diamond would sound like, I assume. So um, <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to everyone out there listening that's just rolling their eyes at me right now. <laughs> Josh Wosley, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, so yeah, some bands were just like and bring all their normal, like, try and put on a big show. Yeah. Like, you know, when Sanctuary played, I know they set up for ages and, like, they got an awesome drum sound. Like, obviously, they have their own sound guys there and stuff. Mm. But, like, their drum sound exceeded the other dudes and so, obviously, yeah, that's okay. why they wanted to use their own shit. But they, they How was your sound on stage? Yeah, good. Monitors and stuff all cool? Well, they had, like, full stacks, so it was um, a lot easier to hear. Like, I, I have trouble with, like, cabs, like, one cab. Um, so, they had, like... Because it's at ground level. Yeah, so tall. even though it's angled, I, I do struggle, man. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and also because Jesse's just fucking wailing out of his monitors. Yeah, so, for sure. I've, like, yeah, before we actually to a tip for you, Cabo. Before we went away, we got Aiden Barton, our sound guy in Perth, occasionally. Who, um, we went to a venue and like on a Wednesday night, and we hired it out for the night, and we um, 
did a full production setup and he ran us through everything and then he wrote us up a full sound writer and a mm, stage plot shit. and, and wow. everything and input list and everything so therefore every venue we played at i just emailed that ahead of time no way Get out. that's a great idea how do you rent out a venue for the night well i happen to know the owner so i just asked him for a favor of capital or something I'll tell you off air, so I don't. Want oh, to, okay. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, it wasn't capital. No, no, <laughs> I, I don't want to get um, I don't want to get him in because no, cool. it was a favor. But um, yeah, we obviously we paid Aiden for his time too, so it was yeah. an expensive overall thing, but way worth it because like That'd the, be fun, especially sure. that. Well, it was good. We had like two or three hours. Basically, they just said lock up when you're ready. They left us the keys, and it was he was awesome. But um, really, Aiden gave us a fucking wickedly detailed professional thing, so I could just give that to any tech guy and say because like you know you're shouting on stage like like how does that sound what do you want in your monitor oh i want some kick drum some of this guitar and like and like all that sort of shit stage right yeah you don't have to do any of that you go here's my fucking document like days yeah. beforehand and the guy just calls out over the monitor like oh yep cool yep how's that sweet and we got set up in record we time. do have something like that set up on um yeah on the computer like digital copy but that was just from like years and years yeah, and years ago trash that's yeah. like we have two guitarists in our No, band. but it would have... And the keyboard player. It would have... It's got like each member and what they want to hear. Yeah, yeah well, that's what... Was, yeah. But that was like four years ago. Well, it's, it says stuff like, um, you know, they have... We have three different line feeds. So line feed one is this, line feed two is that. Yeah, and, and just what we want in each one and all that sort of shit. But also it has really well worded like... Aiden was fucking awesome with it. He's like... Any feedback and noise on stage is unacceptable. <laughs> Shit like that. <laughs> I was like reading it going, fuck yeah, this looks really, really professional. But it made a big difference on especially that show yep. where time was crucial. So they had a sound guy at the festival. Yeah. For they just, just provided just it. Yeah, you, could even you just gave him like a printout thing or something. Or couple, I just sent it in like a week before to the yeah. boss and said, print that out and give it to the guy. And then um, the stage and he was all over it. Easy. Yeah, he had a, he, Whose he, idea was that? That was my idea. Who are you, Did you hear it from someone or you just thought, let's well, do a rehearsal? So. I was talking to Aiden once because he's done us a few times at like international supports, like yeah. at Capital and stuff. And I think it was through him. We were just chatting and he's like, I said, well, what can you do? Like, is there some sort of, obviously professional bands have something. And he's like, yeah, mm. you could do this thing like a stage plot and a stage writer. Actually, I think it even came from when we did Hammersonic. Um, Brad asked us for like all that shit. And we're like, back, back then we're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, you wing it. You wing it basically. Yeah. Oh yeah, we have yeah, th yeah like you said, three guitars, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Um, but I thought, well, obviously, it was like five pages long. In the end, it was pretty detailed. So definitely, um, it was worth the money. And he gave us like a Word version and a PDF version. So if you want to update shit later on, like if your needs change, is is a lot simpler. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. really cool, man. That's that is amazing. Great idea. Yeah. So I'll uh, off air. I'll give you the the reminder. <laughs> I'll give you a look at it. And how about that? Because, you know, like two things spring to mind. One is... Um, why? Why, of course. Yeah. Uh, two is, of course, why as well. <laughs> um, this guy, Pete Thorne, I listened to, listen to. I've listened to him on a few podcasts and read his uh, blodge on Premier Guitar and stuff. And he always talks about doing stuff for big bands and they always do rehearsals and they hire out venues before the band goes on tour. So if he's playing for Don Henley, they'll go and do that. And it's like, oh yeah, it's Don Henley. It's a, it's a big thing. Yeah. So yeah, they would. But I was never thinking about it from the perspective of getting the sound right. I would think maybe on stage, yeah, okay, monitors maybe, but just in general, like making sure not only the crew but the band is across that shit because it kind of makes you accountable as well. Definitely, man. L listen, what do you want, Stu, in your fucking fold back and don't flip flop on it like what's really important exactly and what one one thing i did say to the guys before and it was like 
we had like you know a couple of weeks notice i said this is the date it's happening mm. don't fuck around we got like two hours to do this once we've set up and all that like uh, work out what you want what you need and you tell him clearly what you guys want mm. and that way he can do it for us like there's not gonna be any gray areas you know what i mean yeah um yeah man but i think um the other really good thing was because he's got aiden's got such a good set of ears any any sort of guy like you know sam allen would probably do the same for you mm -hmm. um where you, you know you got two guitarists right me and cam don't agree on guitar tones a lot i usually just let cam control it because he's very particular so i say yeah, go for it whatever but when you've got a sound guy who's experienced us you know we were playing i said okay what do our guitars need what what frequency are we dominating and not and how's the bass sitting how's the kick drum sitting so aiden was able to sit there and go okay like, drop your mid a tiny bit or boost this here boost that there to get the guitars working together to hear the bass clearly to hear the kick drum clearly and then so that's what he worked on a bit as also just tweaking our amps and shit like that but you didn't bring those amps on tour we have micro amps so we did take our amps, yeah. Oh, oh, because you use that little thing, don't yeah, you? Yeah, the little Galleon Kruger two hundred. And and is that as more of a like that's a bass amp, isn't it? It is, yeah. Because that's a good it's clean a flat slate one, for your. It's got EQ pedals, on it, right? Yeah, it's got yeah. an EQ. So we so basically we set the ah, the pedals as awesome is, idea. and then he goes, okay. We, I just said, look, man, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You're a guitar player. Come here, look yeah. at this amp, and he goes like, just play, and he's like, just tweaking things slightly. He goes, all right, we'll try that, and we played another song, and he's like, yeah, that was better. And then he goes, Cam, oh, you're a bit wolfy. Turn this down and, and that fix that. So Stop barking. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Real that good. is a fucking really good idea. So that's the trouble with something like Kempo, right? That's an all-in-one version amp and pedal board, essentially, yeah. right? The trouble is, is that this it's like option paralysis on that goddamn thing. If you change a profile on it, it's a completely different character of amp, you know? And you could say my favorite amp is a Marshall and every Marshall tone sounds completely different. So unless you are like on top of exactly what you want, I mean, really, you guys have just found a cool tone that you like and that's that's it. Save it and that and that is good in the respect that you can save the exact settings that you want so you're not relying on turning knobs and stuff if they get knocked around on the plane or whatever and remembering what you need to do. But, but you're dialing that in in your in this room here we're talking exactly about. not in yeah not in, in the environment <clears throat> yeah. yeah so that's that's really cool to hear yeah, i that's love fucking it massive i'll show you that idea now <laughs> yeah, yeah right oh. what um tell me about your pedal that you take oh the new one new one the new one is a atomic amplifier pedal f-i-r-e right f-i-r like fire yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. that's what dark half uh, yeah. yeah yeah the same was what Vo yeah, had. yeah yeah yep. so i took that but like i was saying before me and cam don't really mesh ideas on so Cam always says I'm too trebly and I'm like, I like to be the treble and you know, that sort of thing. So we always like, it's fun. You know, we always debate these things. Um, so I, I was, I gave it to him to, to take home and set up how he would like it to sound. Uh, but he was so busy mixing the album. He didn't quite get around to getting it exactly right. Like A and B comparisons. So, um, but no, it was pretty good. Like I don't, I'm, I'm a very simple man. Like I just fucking have one tone. I don't change. And I just didn't put on the floor. I just put on top of my mm -hmm. pedal train on, on top of the cab sort of things. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Um, it was a good idea, but I think I might go back to the pod, uh, the, the pod rack. I've still got it. I think that was a little bit more convenient. And Is it practical to travel with now that you've had dramas with weight? Well, yeah, see what I did. I don't know if I sent you the photo or not, but I've got basically, I've got a pedal train and I've Velcroed the wireless, the effects pedal and the amp all to that and just popped it on top of my cab. Yeah. But the size of the pedal train I had to get was quite large. 
but I wanted to have it so I didn't have to plug. I, I use the wireless and shit. I don't like plugging shit in. I just basically I just walk in, plug in a speaker lead, plug in one power lead, and I'm good mm-hmm. to go. So that was super convenient. But like this thing ended up being like, you know, pretty big. So it probably would have been smaller just to take a, like a three RU rack. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you know the shallow ones you can get. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I just got to get one of those, and probably it would have been the same width, but like half the depth. Yeah. So I might just I could have just done that, but you know, or taken it as a hand luggage. Yeah, these guys with the campers, as you can see, you can stick it in the overhead. Yeah, no one would even know what that is, really, would they? Yeah, well, they do. They always take you get to take it out. They don't know what the hell it is. Oh, when yeah. you do like the old security clearance, yeah, yeah, yeah they'd love they that. Freak out. Um, and because it's computerized, it's like, like a, ba- a special like, bag. Like, so you have to, like a laptop, you have to take it out of your bag. Yeah. Same, same diff. It does look pretty dangerous. What is it? Uh, Cam doesn't have the same setup as you, obviously. He's got a, take. Oh, he's got a pod, mine six pod. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I've I've got the same one as him, the rack version. He's got the, the kidney version. I had one, but I fucking hate it because like it's shaped like a kidney bean for a start. Yeah, and like, all the inputs and outputs are all like all around this thing, so you can't you can't set it on top of your amp and then have it neatly running into an input and an output. Mm. Shit's just everywhere. It's like why isn't a rectangle? It's the stupidest fucking shape, and like it doesn't sit flat either. It's, it's on legs, so you can't even velcro it down to a board. It's like sits on four legs, like on a slant. So I was like, fuck this. I'm not even like so, but he loves it, and he like took that and it probably worked it worked out fine for him but i like to just like i said just plug in one thing and it's ready to go mm. uh so is he still using uh gallon kruger yeah as well all three of us have with those. the pod so that's yeah. what you're using essentially for power amp basically yeah yeah so basically just set those amps at like level like 12 o'clock mm-hmm. all the eqs and then just go up and down from there as, as yeah be. <laughs> yeah it's funny because all this indie tour booking self-management stuff is only really catching on and i think the gear it's probably not catching up for this reason it's probably more home recording that's getting amps smaller and blah 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 but man if i knew anything about engineering i would totally based off how annoying traveling with guitar shit has been for you based base a touring guitar head with just enough power to run some shit yeah um, or like, a, let's say, a switchable unit. So small venues, you can scale it to 25-watt. Large venues, 50-watt. How often are you going to be playing Wacken? And yeah. in cases like that, when we've played big festivals, it's backline. Yeah, they give you a provided. marshal or something anyway, don't they? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then just have enough shit at the start. <laughs> Good one. Cover your touch. Here's my new pedal. <laughs> that's why none of my shit works. But that's, that's just one. like, yeah, tube in there, obviously. But distortion <laughs> yeah. clean. Is that, is that powered, is it, or what? No, yeah, powered. Yeah, but, sorry, but it doesn't have a power section. There's no power section. So he's got to use um, this weird little fucking thing. Line, uh, TC oh, magnum? yeah, sorry. Yeah, the Magnum. What is it? So Electroharmonics. Power amp. Yeah, magnum we'll go something. through. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But through see, I was, I, I'd never heard of them. And then we did the show last year with like Truth Corroded came over yeah. and Envenomed. And both those dudes pretty popular, yeah. Well, both of them had problems with them yeah. that night. And they're like, fuck these things. I'm like, what is it? Like, I'm like, cool, that's small. They're not, like both guys on the night had yeah, fucking... It's just an extra thing. Because what I don't like is having... Okay, so that thing needs a power supply, yeah. as does the 44 Magnum. And then if you do want other pedals in your chain, then those have to be powered mm. and you need patch leads. So like the big limitation of a lot of the mini lunchbox head things is that they don't switch power between... Um, they don't cover the full range from yeah. Japan, US, UK, mm. and obviously Australia fits in. Whereas, like they'll do most, they'll do two of them, but it's almost like you need two different heads. 
depending on where you think you're going to be touring. Yeah. Just a fucking pain in the ass. A and a B rig or something like that. Yeah, and some that have kick-ass distortion have really crap clean channels. And the ones that even do have decent clean channels, maybe you're going to have to fucking run a bunch of pedals in the front of it if you want varied tones. And So there needs to just be something that takes the best bits of like, let's say, digital effects because a lot of people use Axe effects yeah. just for the effects. They don't use them for amp sims. So they might have a message or rectifier and then run an Axe effects out of the effects loop just because the chorus and delay is really cool. So if you could just take those digital things and stick it in there, have like a tube front end, tube back end, make it small, heavy distortion, reasonable clean tone and um, have a pedal that's like a four-way switch and it's like... Instead of like uh, clean boost and reverb on and off, you could have like you could set your digital section like digital section on and off, yeah, or maybe split it like two different ones or you know what I mean. Like Give just away enough, all your good ideas here. Like you know, well, do a yeah, now. just enough to cover like honestly, seventy percent of bands in the world would be happy with that, and it's only real anal guitarists after that that wouldn't <laughs> like it. Well, so I'll tell you what, man, we went to a couple of shows we played like real dingy little bars like this It's a Ho bar we played on like a Sunday. Um, we that was were, a post-party. Yeah, thing. and it was totally uh, debatable about it. it was good. <laughs> we played awesomely, which was great. Like really tight, tiny, like the smallest stage we've played on since we probably started and the smallest crowd since we probably started. So it was like really good to go for like one day playing on a fucking huge festival <laughs> show to like the smallest show we've done in years. It was really good. But we went there, we arrived on the Wednesday night and they had like the pre-fest show there. So we went in there just to, to have a look around and cause they didn't give us any information. That, that wasn't organized by the fest. It was organized by the bar and they hadn't given us anything and responded to any emails about it. All I knew was we were all playing. And I was going in there like, met the, like, what time do you want us to be here? What time do you want us to play for? How long do you want us to play for? All this shit like, Oh, as you wish, as you wish. <laughs> like, they're very flexible there. It turns out for, for guys like us. So just, yeah, however long you want. And then after the show finished, I was chatting to one of the support bands who was actually our support band on the Sunday. As I do, like, what's the backline like? Are you guys going to bring some gear? He's like, no, no, the backline's here. They pull out this fucking Marshall MG cab, like the cheapest, shittest cab you can get. And they had like this fucking, these little MG heads. And then they had like a no-name cabinet, which had like nothing. And they had like a bass combo or something. And his drum kit was like the worst. And like, well, Grange has got triggers luckily and he brought his snare and had some nice cymbals. So that was good. We had our, luckily we had our own heads and everything for that man because they were just rat shit. Mm. And uh, even the show we played the next day out in Oldenburg had the same like MG sort of um, marshals. So we were there with the um, Gothic Knights from USA, and they didn't bring any gear. They just were using the backline from the festival sort of thing, and like they're going fuck, we're not playing with that. I was like, well, luckily they were really awesome dudes, and we're like, bros. Please use our gear, yeah. And they're like super grateful, like we made like best friends with them because we shared our gear with them. But yeah, like taking our own amps was the best thing ever because sure the festival had like JCM nine hundreds and shit, which was awesome, and all that shit you'd want, and like fucking one of those bass amps that we love, Ampegs, Ampegs. Yeah, they had, that, yeah. had one of them, like all that sort of shit that you'd want. But then yeah. you go from there to like some dingy little place we're going to get like 50 people rock in and you got like, yeah, a fucking child guitar amp. Like, actually that, that it's a whole place that had the Marshall MG, the no name cab or an 80 watt combo. I said, how the fuck do you expect us to play with an 80 watt combo with this guy here playing drums? Like, like what? So yeah, we made it work luckily because we had our own gear, but yeah, it was, it was different. Yeah. yeah. 
Am I allowed to talk again? Am please, man, much? please. If you're going to talk about being adaptable for different stages, I can't wait. Okay, well, you can talk about that. No. But you'd be surprised that for you, being tall and having trouble being so far above just a half stack yeah. on a stage for monitoring, that sucks, especially in a venue where probably the stage wedges are shit as well, right? Yeah. And there's yeah. no central one either. They're just side ones. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so it's going to have a lot of vocal and it's going to be hard for you to hear what you're doing. Having done a tech job for obviously the world's greatest band, Buck Cherry, oh. um, they used combos or at least one of the guys used combos and they were, let's say, AC30s or something yeah. like that, Vox old schools. So he just, which actually they might be 60 or even way more watts than that. Anyway, they did, or oh, maybe it's 30 watts. Hence AC30. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah. So. That makes more sense. Anyway, they just he just lent it back. Yeah, that was enough. And pointed it up. So that's a, that's a tour tip number one. Not for me, yeah. for him. And this is like in a band that they're Watch a pretty it. big band. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, you could do that with a combo. The other thing is that I wouldn't discount the combo unless it was an MG Marshall combo. It was actually a Valve State 80. <laughs> better. <laughs> yes, because better, yeah. someone like Chuck Schnaldener from Death used Valve State amps. I, that was my that. first real amp was a Valve State. There I you go. Them. So yeah, practice amp. They had a great chorus on them too. Do they really? The old 8080 stereo one, like, it was like a 2x12. Oh, yeah. That you can get sounds one, about right. If you go to cash converters and get one of them for like 300 bucks, the chorus was out of control. It was so good. And Please. how to switch the tenor on and off. So if you can find one on your, how's your segment going where you find fucking oh, music gear, here for me? Gear, gear with for Ash. winners or whatever. Gear for Ash. They'll use <laughs> up all my money. No, the I think it was the 8080 or the 8280 or something like that. That might be the Chuck one, you know. It was the fucking best, man. It was so good. I love that it amp. Sounds about right. But yeah. he had the head version. Yeah, yeah. But that's it. If you know how to dial in any gear, that's a fucking great thing. So then even on the MG, yeah. if you've got some pedals or something like that or just some way of doing it and you can get a good tone and you know what character of tone you're after, then you can just dial it in. Yeah. Whereas like the trouble we have these days is get so – and this isn't just guitarists but drummers as well, like so set in the mould. Um, the example would be that – in the past when I recorded, the first recording I ever did that was like pro was on someone else's kit and I just hated it and it felt terrible, yeah. felt really shit. And then I'd use my kit, my kit, my kit, my kit and never used anything but my own kit after that because of that experience. Then while I was in Germany, did this recording and the guy just rolls out a kit and because I'd done so much touring, I was like, oh, I'll make it work. It's piss. Yeah. And it, I got it to work and everything about it was not right. Yeah. And even the symbols, like the feel and everything. But if if you know what is important about the sound you're trying to get, I think you can somehow get it. It'll obviously never be as good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's a pretty interesting learning experience to... Well, I think when you've got 20 minutes to do it as well, that's the real trick. Like you got to be a whiz. You do. And also yeah. you got to match the other guy. Like when his guitar has got two guitarists, you got to try and match that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's um. But that's, what was it? This is yeah. what I'm getting at. Is what was it about the tone that Aiden dialed in for you alone that made it good? Well, it was each only, of you knew. All he did was just change things very slightly for complementary purposes. Um. Well, I yeah, I was. I think I was having some trouble with um. I think Cam dialed me back a little bit on the gain, mm -hmm. and I like a bit more saturated. So like, because some of the riffs, like they felt a bit dry and I had to pick it a hell of a lot harder. Yeah, okay. I was like, man, I'm really working hard. Like, because they're fast riffs. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, I've not practiced at <laughs> this. You know, I've practiced the easy way, obviously. Yeah, yeah. The last however many years. And now I've got to go away tomorrow 
and without being practicing at all, like of this new way I'm supposed to be playing. I'm like, how the fuck? I can't build up muscle in that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, dude, like, give me a little bit more fucking saturation on this. So he, he was just able to do that without. It was only very mild sort of changes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um, it was enough just to make sure that it could sort of be workable, you know? Yeah. See, and totally like that's. Oh, I thought you were getting a drink. I just did a massive piss. Are there way more in here? You, Stu, how are you going for a drink? I'm going to take a massive piss as well. Which way is the toilet? Follow the corridor. Yes. Turn left. There's a sign that says disabled toilet. You're allowed in there. Thanks, mate. I'll be back. Just about dinner time, I would say too. I'm pretty fucking hungry. Yeah, all right. Um, so basically what I was saying yeah, to you, for podcast listeners to hear the same thing again, <laughs> is just that when you get – the camp is a great example. You get it. You get your settings all fucking good. And then – you're at a place like we were on the boat. Where the fuck was that? 70,000 tons. Yeah, yeah. And you've got backline and your camper was shit in the bed. Mm. And you're presented with like a choice of three of the best amps yeah, in the world. Yeah. Problem is you're not used to ever using those before. You know they're good, but how the hell do you dial them in? Yeah. So if there's some way, uh, almost like in a rehearsal situation where you can familiarize yourself with what is it about this head because when you had to dial in my mess ahead for the album recording after the PV Blue, you mm. were able to still capture the character of what you liked about the PV with completely weird settings, but you had a specific sound you were going for. And I reckon if you can just, in your head, know what that sound is, then... How it's created. How it's... Understand it. Yeah, and just all you need to do, you don't need to see what the knob's pointing to, but just twist it until... Know when to stop. And, yeah. yeah. Vaguely, you've got the mid, sorry, high, mid and low, and you can just vaguely tweak it a bit more. And some are never going to get there, but you could probably get ballpark. And if you know how to use pedals and maybe you had one or two backup or something, you could probably use them in conjunction and tweak, which is what I liked about Dean Arnold saying that when he tours with Vital Remains, he just brings, a, I think, maybe a, like a delay pedal and a tube screamer, and that's it. Yeah. And he just deals with any backline because he knows he can dial his tone in on the amp enough and just get the character he needs to be able to clean boost it, use the effects loop, and he's good. Yeah. So, I don't know, it's a tricky thing, but you've got to be a fucking nerd. And then you just <laughs> said, like, you've been practicing the easy way for all this time or something like that. It's like you do all this other shit and you forget you fuck, I've got to play this instrument and become like really proficient at these songs. And yeah. I, I find that a lot, especially before recording. And we were talking about that even, even <laughs> only on the last episode where it's like focus on what you're good at. But not the problem is not every band can afford a guitar tech or afford these professional people that can oh, God, specialize in all this stuff. I think the big problem for me is because I've got like a pretty busy job and I've got like a bunch of kids and a wife and you know, a life outside of bands and work, but also do all the managing for the band. I don't really get much time to sit down and play. Um, yeah, so totally. Like, especially since like Cooper came along, he's, you know, last year I fucking was the worst guitar player I've been in since I was a beginner pretty much. I was shit. It was actually kind of like embarrassing to, to some to some of the times I was playing. I was like, I wasn't going to say anything, but. Well, <laughs> I could tell by your face in the audience. When, it was just by luck of like all the hard work over the previous years that we were able to continue going sort of thing. Um, but we didn't do many gigs last year, but but, that, but one of the reasons was, it was just time was out the window. But so my practicing, like, you know, look at like Linton or something like that who, you know, practices every day. Yeah. Or like Cam who practices all the time. But like I just can't pick up a guitar unless I'm at practice pretty much. Or rehearsal, sorry. 
But like we wouldn't know. So you've got all this anxiety about your playing and then we go, oh, okay, awesome set, man. And you're like, in your brain, that was the most fucked way I've ever played for the last 12 months. Yeah, well, you made it for you guys, but you, know, you hear things through people as you go around. I know they're just like saying shit, but you do hear things over time like, oh, that wasn't the best. Like, because some, oh, for real? Oh, yeah, well, some yeah, people... People must lie to us a lot then. Well, some, <laughs> we no, suck. Everyone will say nice things <laughs> to your face. No one will yeah, ever... Yeah. Well, rarely will come to you and go, Ash, that was fucking shit. Yeah. Like, you know, like... Unless they're like really, really good friends. Yeah. They're like yeah, most, most guys in the character are like, fuck yeah. But like when you when you get someone who's like, maybe they're just see a different band and they go, oh, because mm. obviously Power Metal in Perth, I know that I'm a fucking, we're a bit of a joke sometimes. I can deal with it. They, <laughs> Folk yeah. Metal in Perth? Yeah. Like they go, look at oh, us. Yeah, what I mean? Like the go, genre. Yeah, genre oh, rise. Yeah, 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 like, oh, yeah. fuck those. Yeah, but you get the, the most staunch like death metal guy yeah, or something like yeah. that. And like, so there's going to be one guy in the crowd who's going to be like, go oh, and fuck these guys. What are you doing here? Yeah, yeah. And then like, he might say something to someone who then like, yeah, so you, get, you hear it. So then you sort of like last year, like thinking like, man, I really like work. Like obviously we knew we were going away. So I was like, fucking got to get a schedule going. And then so I did all this practice at this level of the way the setup was only to find that like, if I have, to, if I dial it back, like they wanted me to like, I was going mm-hmm. to, I was going to have to work even fucking harder. And I just couldn't develop the muscles in time because it was yeah. like days before going. So yeah, it's just hard to work again. So, the best drummer I've ever been, and I've probably said this a thousand times, is don't ignore forest fires. When I went to my <laughs> teacher Ian Catchpole, cool name, Catchpole, I, I said how, I was playing a lot of gigs, so that helped. But I was trying to just get out of like a bit of a boring old rut. I was in with drumming, and I said, "Oh, how much do you want me to practice a day?" And he goes, "Half an hour a day." And I'm like, "Half an hour." Jesus Christ, how am I going to fit that in between working four hours at a bottle shop and being a lazy drinking asshole at the Scotsman? And he's, and then he broke it down further and he said 10 minutes of this, 10, or 10 minutes reading, 10 minutes rudiments, 10 minutes rhythms. I'm like, oh, so actually that is the bare minimum of each of the three major areas he teaches, right? Yeah. And then I found I was like cramming to just like go in and not be embarrassed the next week and I was barely getting that half an hour a day done maybe every second day but i do my 10 10 and 10 and just covering all those bases i just slowly got better probably wasted a lot of money because i could have gone a lot further with it but just that small amount of dedicated practice versus getting on which what i do now getting on a kit like going oh shit i recorded that song a year ago yeah how's it go again? how does it go again <laughs> yeah sit down and i'm like i can't drum that fast and then i'll just like wear myself out trying to do it when, yeah, if you can break it down and f- figure it out and have some real accessible ways of just just getting to practice, yeah. whether that be, f- for me, it's like not making any noise is the best. And with the guitar, man, those little Traveller's guitars, I know I don't want people to go out and spend money. But they're so cool that you can just literally have it somewhere and you're just here. You can be watching TV or something and, you know, just, just playing and... You could be at work in your lunch break in your van or something and yeah. you can fuck around and, you know, it takes yeah. a lot of fucking commitment to do that well, shit. But well, yeah, that's the sort of stuff yeah. you got to do, man. Like, like there's a difference between just playing in Perth and then when you go to the interstate sort of stuff, you got to like step it up. And then when you go internationally, mm-hmm. you got to step up again. Cause, and when you start getting like those sweet support that you guys get as well, like you, it's like um, you got to justify why you're getting it. Like you obviously you know what you've done to get it. And you know that you probably deserve it, but there's hundreds of other bands out there that also probably deserve it. So if you're not going to bring like the fucking best you can, 
and like, but your bandmate is, then you're letting everyone down, even yourself. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's like, we ended up doing really well. Like the shows all went like really well. Like, you know, I managed to get a practice routine down like uh, this year, which was really good. Like I knew we had the Dragon Force show coming up and I was like, um, and we booked like, I think we ended up with like five shows before we left as well. So that was like a really good lead up. Like the first one, I think it was like in, we had two in March and like, that was like the Storm Rider show and stuff like that. And that had some disasters, like that had to fall apart at one point and then like just during one song and like, okay, we got to work on this. We got to work on that. And you're still like, just basically just map out what needs, what's great and what's not. And you know, building from there. So yeah, uh, it, it all worked out pretty good now. And then we just, but now everyone's got like a month or six weeks off or something. We'll probably back to school, square one for the next tour. Mm. Start practicing again. What are your plans? Do you know, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like these band, bands can just go through these cycles. Like you've been so, so active lately. Well, we've is it going to keep happening? For, dude, we've been active full on for a couple of years now. Like one thing is, um, that I think is very lucky for us is like whenever I'm usually about six months ahead on planning. So when the, we finally get to this thing happening, the next thing's already ready to go in six months. Whereas a lot of bands, I know they're sort of like, okay, this big thing's coming up and bang, it happens and go, Oh, now what do we do? Yeah. Like, yeah and then you sort of like tour tip number one. Yeah. You always have the next band thing. Band management to go. tip. It's good. Yeah. So we've got an Australian tour in November. So that's four shows. Of course. When? Yep. Until when? Uh, we're doing November 10 in Perth. Yep. Then we're doing November 17 in Melbourne, 18 in Brisbane, 19 in Sydney. Uh, headlining, self-booked? Uh, self-booked Melbourne and Sydney, headlining. Mm. And we're on the Ye Gods of Metal Festival in Brisbane. Oh, cool. Which um, they asked us to play and we gracefully basically accepted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. But um, <coughs> yeah, that does. we've got like an all-ages show coming up. Um in September as well. That's my next question. Tell us about the Rising Force Festival. Ah, Rising Force Festival, yeah. We worked on this, well, I've been working on this one for a while because um, every year I do Storm Rider, I get bugged by under-18s going, why is this not fucking all ages? And there's, Do you really? I do, man. Like when we did, um, was it last year when Iron Maiden was in town, like the week or two before, maybe a month before, I went down and handed out all the promo shit outside of Iron Maiden, like all the CDs and stuff. And all these young guys are coming in with their dads and like teenagers were coming and going, oh, fuck yeah. Oh, it's under 18. No, no, can't come. So like, and then some dudes um, were messaging me on Facebook like on, their, on the Stormrider page in the weeks after going, mm. oh, can you, like, when is there going to be an all ages show? I'm like, well, the only option is like HQ and that sucks because like you've got a four hour window and it costs, about, costs like $900 to a show yeah. there. So like, all right, if you if you sell it out, you might get 400 bucks to split between the bands. And like, if you want to book a good band on there, you got no chance because you have to charge like fifty bucks on the door or something. Yeah, and we'd say no. Well, that's right. I, <laughs> I did offer you guys. But I think you're away. We're in um, America, yeah. But no. Um, so I've got a venue which is new. Um, I'm not probably supposed to say. I'll tell you guys where it is off air. But um, they're doing like an announcement of. Um, well, it hasn't even got a name yet or anything. So I think at the end of the month they're going to publicly come out of the closet with this one. Yeah, I think um, I read about it a bit. Yeah, you might have heard a bit. And um, we're like the second gig ever playing there. So they're doing their own launch show and then Rising Force Festival will be just up. It holds like 200 people. What are you hoping for? Like for you to do it, try it again, what would you need from this one? Like, um, like sellout sort of thing you're hoping? Yeah, sellout or? would be great. Yeah, 200 is not that crazy, I think. Um, I've got a meeting with Wham next week, I think. Um Good old Glenn Dyson gave me an email contact who I spoke to on the phone and my sort of main mission at the moment is to try and get someone on my behalf, e.g. Wham, 
to contact all the high schools for me oh, and say, yeah. hey. Man, I was going to ask how yeah. you're going to promote to these well, people. I'm hopefully going because yeah. I can't just rock up at a high school and say, like, in a white van, like I drive around. Better file, better Yeah, basically the, yeah. the cops will be all over me. So it's like, <laughs> but like, so the, the catch that I've got is like, <laughs> you're loving it. Um, the biggest problem I have is I want to appeal to the regular geek girls and put a good show on. But also want the new no guys. bar for the like, no bar for the over 18s will be a hard one too. Well, see, I looked into the liquor licensing because I just happened to find a contact who's the boss of liquor licensing. <laughs> of course, who, you did. Who's actually my friend? Where well, do you get time for a life, Stu? Well, yeah, that's why I don't practice guitar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually someone actually came to me and said, "Oh, FYI, I am the boss of liquor licensing. Here's wow. all the facts you need to Jeez. know." But for like a two hundred person, hey, what was that? <laughs> Nothing, I was oh, talking to telling. He was just oh. exclaiming. Oh, I'll listen to the playback later. Um, yeah, so I'm actually quite lucky that a lot of people come to me and offer to help out, So, which is great. But after looking at all the facts, it's not worth doing a bar for it no. um, with only 200 tickets. Like the money was, it was not an expensive license to get, but like parking plans, security, like all yeah. this, and like a fenced off area just for drinking. And like, if it's anything like HQ, people go in the car park and smash cool. bottles of Jim Beam. It's in Vic Park. It's not far from pubs. Yeah, cool. So if you nah. desperately, if you if you can't survive <laughs> without a fucking beer, you go, go go up the road and come back in half an hour. As Cake say, I will survive. Yes. And yeah, man. You, you're fucking really cool. happy doing that the whole day. <laughs> it's not me, it's the Guinness. <laughs> Ripping the interface off the desk with every twist. <laughs> Dropping his new pedal as well. And yeah, I know. Yeah. New new pedal, white van. Chris and Cabba, ask your question, mate. Dear Stuart. Cabba. Yeah, what are I'm going to do at the high schools, do you reckon? Well, I think like, they have Do they access... have events and stuff or do they? can they actually advertise th- the newsletters I th- and That's shit? the goal would be newsletters or something because I think Man, they... that's could, huge. I think... I've got this meeting next week, so I can't... If you need to know a school teacher, yeah. hit up um, our keyboard player. Yeah, I was going to... I was gonna, um, I'm sure she's got plenty of young well, followers. Well, I know that... Um, I mean, miss, her school, miss, but... Uh, <laughs> I won't say a surname really, but yeah. Not just her school, but obviously... Most schools like having guest speakers to talk about real life stuff, yeah. which I think she's organised a couple of times. Good way of advertising. Definitely. And the only problem is times that by five hundred. Yeah, schools. that's a problem. Like, where do you go? Like, where do you hit? So, yep. um, I'll know more next week when I meet mm-hmm. with these people. But if they can, you know, put out a memo to fucking even if like well, it's only two hundred tickets, and we're going to get the regular folks down there too, hopefully, because it's like Voyagers yeah. on the lineup. They got their own fan base. They're about to nick off to Europe. Yep. Yeah, so that's um, good, man. And Silent Night, obviously. Has a, has a bit of a following and, and we've got a bunch of other bands to announce still anyway. Um, so if we can get like 50 teenagers, like I was even like said, I'll take a couple of high school bands on like as open mm, acts, give them a idea. chance to blood them on a real stage rather than just that, you know, garage sort of stuff they might be doing. Might Hence be, the name, The Rising Force. That's it. Well, that's, that's what it's all about. Don't think about Malmsten too much because that's, um, but that's the whole point of it is like, um, you know, like if you can catch them when they're 16 before these dudes are like, you can't drink, you can't go out and do all sorts of other stuff. It does you, sound dodgy what you're saying right now. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be good, man. I'm <laughs> we'll like, edit that yeah, out. I'm yeah, hoping the for the, behind it, don't worry. Hoping for the best because it's been too long since there's been an all-ages scene here and it was awesome True. when I was a, a, a young grommet, a young sprog. And look how it affected you. Exactly, that's what I mean. That's yeah, yeah. devastating that it doesn't yeah. exist now and it, surely it will only negatively impact the future of the over 18 scene, you know? Well, that's right. There might be some sweet band who gets a head start now or like some guy might totally. go, oh yeah, I'm going to pick up a guitar and, yeah. you know, like I, I started really late in the scene as you guys would probably know. I Actually, I think one of the first shows I came to was like um, Red Descending was playing. Mm. Um, I was like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> yeah. Do they think they're from fucking Helsinki? 
Well, the, I think you, you had this keyboard player with like a red smoker's jacket on. Don't even. <laughs> wearing his studies or something. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like. Morpheus. <laughs> um, that doesn't necessarily make you an old comer to the scene. Well, it's like 26, maybe 27. Ago. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, oh, let's, let's wrap it up there because I can't last five minutes without asking Cabra for another beer. <laughs> but should we quickly say, Cabra, what have you been listening to this week that's been mm. flicking your switch? Oh, man, the new Insomnium. Well, when I say new, last year, 2016, yep. new Insomnium Winter Gaze, something like that, I think it's called. A band that I've absolutely never had any interest in whatsoever <laughs> and have not understood why they've had such a massive um, sort of epic underground following. Um, but we've got you've got a new housemate at the moment who is playing heaps of awesome music that I'm having a good time listening to. Keeps putting on insomnia, man. It's just blowing my arts of balls off, eh? <laughs> that that particular album is just so good, and um, and every song links to the next, so it's like you could listen to it in one sitting, and it's like you're listening to one song that goes for an hour or whatever. Um, a Winter's Gate is called, and they've got Winter's Gate Part One, Part Two, Part Three. There's no song titles, but just so epic and uh, really well performed, really energetic, melodic death sort of thing. Um, yeah, totally sick. Next. Dude, I know that you love songs that link together too, don't you? Why com- do you say that? Oh, you've commented on our set a few times. Uh, oh, um, no, okay, that's a different though, but I, I do like it when um, when bands do it live. Uh, it definitely makes it sound a lot more prepared and professional, I reckon, and you guys do it really well. So when you link two or three songs together, it's like, man, these guys have practiced. Yeah, it's not allowed to be five or six, remember, as we wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I listen to a whole bunch of stuff this week. Spotify is good. I like that. Oh, um, actually, Razor Ray pays for my Spotify. He's a legend. With, with his royalties from nah. streaming <laughs> metal fighting, all night. Fighting for metal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was the condition of the... Uh, no, no, he... Um, I had it for a bit. Then I, uh, I swung, he, he got like a family package. I guess it's for him and his girlfriend or something. Oh, and he yeah, got like three okay. or four accounts. So he's like, I have a spare I've account. Of course. No kidding. I was thinking, man, for some reason I was. I heard it. I knew that, but I thought you have to live in the same house. I don't no, know no, why no, I would think well, that. No, it's the internet. Just, you just log in with You have your, to live in the same world. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Do you live in the same world as Razor Ray? Because he could get you oh, free Spotify. He lives in a crazy, <laughs> crazy world. His world, I wish I could. <laughs> Way live, overland. What a live, live in his world for a day. Yeah. Fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I listened to Kill Em All and Ride the Lightning this week. Yeah, uh, right. Any particular reason? If you, I God, can't we're remember. always talking about Metallica. I know. I, right? I know probably because I listened to the Claims Free Blodgecast <laughs> and heard yeah. James Hetfield <laughs> on St. Anger or something. Um, no, I listened to a whole bunch of shit, but quickly... If you listen to the 30th anniversary reissues of those two albums, yeah. there is actually f- fucking 54 tracks on Kill 'Em All, I think, on Spotify. Really? I knew you would get a hard on over something like that because you don't just have fucking 78 minutes of <laughs> you've got fucking 50 songs. They've like pulled out the shittest like live tracks from and demos and all sorts of shit. Are they worth listening to though? The best thing about like, I listened funny. to them yesterday or the day before maybe, and like the best thing about it, I didn't get through them all because there's fucking like a hundred in total. But um this immortal band sounded like absolute shit on their second album. Ah, that's like they were not good... a good live. Like they were pretty awesome to watch, but like, like yeah. all these mistakes and shit like that, that we would like cry ourselves to sleep over. The fucking biggest band in the world was making them. It is and nice to hear that shit. Isn't dude, it? go and listen to like, just listen to any of them. Like you can hear all the, like even like those fast riffs on kill them all. Like they were obviously 20 years old or something, mm. but you know, like to see what they became now. Yeah. It's, it's, Fucking, there's like 50 versions of Secret Destroy, for example. <laughs> but so pick one and go for it. Um, but also Atlantean Codex I listen to, this other band from Germany. 
And fucking Ray was like, what's he, this? Man, he was over here last week crapping on about that. Dude, man, I? I was like, fuck <laughs> off. Fuck <laughs> off. So Because I listened to him before I left. I was like, eh, it's like 10 minute epics. There. They yeah, played right. at Headbangers, right? They were there, man. We yeah. had a meet and greet, right? Like 50 meters from the stage. And they played two bands. They were on two time slots after us. That was when our meet and greet was on. So we just started our meet and greet. All of a sudden, boom, this guy started the whole crowd fucking echoing through. The, it sounded like a stadium. It was like they sang, every, like Iron Maiden, like Fear of the Dark sort of style. For real. They sang every guitar melody note and every word. This crowd was fucking the best. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, it was like, it's like so. This um, is after Ray had recommended them. Yeah, Ray recommended them like months ago. <laughs> oh, of course. And then the mo- but then the morning, of the, game. the morning of, I rang, and he was over here, and I rang Tara and, he was with her doing whatever. Um, and he's like, make sure you check him out. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, doing whatever. Oh, yeah. No, um, and he's like, make sure you check him out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they're great. And I was like, fucking blew me away, man. Like, I caught the very end of it. It was the best thing I've ever seen, almost. Hmm, wow, One of the that's best. cool. Man. And then I went back and listened to him on Spotify when I got home. Goes, I was like, okay, yeah. I, it was just Because I knew what it sounded like live now. So I, was like, I can imagine it. Yeah. But they've actually got a live album somewhere. It's not on Spotify, but it's, it's so if you can find, there's a few on YouTube, like live versions of their songs. Mm. Give it a go. Fucking awesome. Yes. Good story. That is one of the best albums of the weeks I've heard. <laughs> Didn't, a- give you Ash's al- turn. Didn't even give you an album name. There you go. It doesn't, that's the best thing about album Band of the week. Of the week. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even yeah. have to be music. No, My right. album of the week is actually a circuit board. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> this double adapter. <laughs> no, I listened to I listened to heaps of shit this week, but Guinness. the main one was the new decrepit birth. There's new decrepit birth. Yeah, there he hey. looks at me like um, I know what that is. Yeah, he's like. Hey. <laughs> so I listened to a song of theirs that came up as a suggestion for me, but it was a film clip on Apple Music. That was really weird, and I kind of half watched the film clip, listened to the song, and I thought, what's happened to Bill decrepit Bill's vocals? He has one of the most guttural, brooding, like, kind of gives me the feel of like old school Chris Barnes, like old corpse style. But in my opinion, like I really like the music and stuff. Anyway, whatever. Sounded weird. And I came here the next day and I said, oh, if you guys heard the new Decrepit Birth, you said, there's new Decrepit Birth. And Dicey goes, I've heard it. And I said, oh, don't you think the vocals are weird? And he's like, no, notice anything. It's like, oh, okay, maybe it's me and I'm insane. Listen to the album yesterday. Vocals are fucking weird the whole time. And it sounds like there's like a layer of whispering, a layer of like, meh, <laughs> style, and then a layer of death metal vocal. And so it almost sounds like, you know, in those bands that have screamers in them that can't scream. So they like do multiple tracks all at once to try and make it sound heavy, but it just doesn't work. As a thickness sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't sound like that. But then odd... A, Music is pretty much to Crab Birth, which sounds really good. Thing is, like, about three or four songs in, start to go, oh, he is, he thinks he's some sort of alien Borg ship floating through the universe. <laughs> and I think it oh. makes sense if you think of if it like Taran. he's an alien or Terran. He would be. So worth a listen to. And I would love you to tell me what you think of it. Wow, man. That's so my homework. So new to Birth. And as well as. You may have gotten your ears browned off at the end of last week's episode. I was expecting fucking Richie, Rich, Richie, Richie Coxon. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't be bothered finishing the editing of that. Yeah. And I got to the end of it and I went, oh, and I just saw Decrepit Birth there and I just went in. 
So that was a decrepit bird. Oh. Very sick opening riff Man, I listened episode. to that episode and so got sick. about four or five minutes from the end when I got to work. Turned it off. Didn't get to the song. Yeah. So no Richie Cotson, guys. Go check that out on fucking Spotify. <laughs> yeah. like, I've never heard Richie Cotson before, but I've, um, this is not what I I'm imagined. Like he's got a soulful voice <laughs> yeah. and a beautiful <laughs> finish. <finished track. laughs> I was like, this is a sick riff. Like, fuck yeah. They're like, yeah. 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 I'd like to now, and this week we'll show you the new decrepit birth of Richie Cotson. Yeah, yeah. So last week, listen to the old decrepit birth. That was Diminishing Between Worlds, but not the song. Dimensions Intertwine, I think it was. But anyway, Check it out. What should we play this week? A Either Silent a Silent Night song? song if he wants to, otherwise a oh. recommendation song if he prefers. Yeah, let's do... Oh, do you know what I listened to today? Child, Wall, Child Walls of the Damned. Oh, what's his name? Tim Ripper Owens on vocals. And it's the guys from... Uh, the Death, Richard Christie. Richard Christie. Yeah. Their new album, I heard one track from last year and I forgot, forgot all about it and I listened yeah. to it today. Play one of those songs. That's fucking pretty awesome. Fuck Silent Night. Sold. Hear that. Okay. Yeah, no, me either. talk about new album. I already hear it. It's oh, a fucking day. We've got like two hours. I have a new old day. album. Right. Anyway. Oh, my album. Oh, no, we, you guys have ragged on me enough for re-recording an album secretly behind my back. I've heard it all. <laughs> Man, if people, um, if people are still listening at this point, they probably are enjoying you. So tell them fucking how to buy shit and uh, support you. Supreme.com. The end. It has many links there. Good one, man. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, heaps. Thanks for having me over, guys. Always awesome. A uh, true metal lord. And uh, fuck, I'm what waiting for someone else to say ending. something, eh? Uh, goodbye, Stu. Oh, goodbye. Goodbye, Thank Cabba. Thanks, guys. Bye.